Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Doug is in the house and we are ready to go. Doug, how are you? I'm going fantastically, Sammy. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, all good. Bit of precipitation about up here, up north. There's been a bit of rain this morning in Bris Vegas, but uh, and probably going to uh, probably shouldn't touch that microphone, should I? Uh, probably going to continue on for the next couple of days. Uh, so yeah, bit forecast, but anyway, we've got a, a bit to uh, big day on trackside today. But before we get to trackside, we have got Taz Racing talk, and we have got a bit to talk about here on. Taz Racing Talk today, and there's been some uh, surprise winners uh, at uh, in all codes uh, over the last few days, but we're going to have a chat to Jamie Cockshut. Jamie's going to have a chat to Kyle Pratton, uh, who is a harness driver and has been in good form. Mick Stringer, who's a greyhound trainer, he's been uh, having a super run of late, and we're going to have a chat to Mick. Glenn Stevenson, trainer down in Tassie, and Matt Reid is going to give us... Uh, his best bets for Devonport uh, on the weekend. So uh, looking forward to that. But, uh, Jamie, not quite ready it was, uh, yet. It was an interesting day last Sunday, Sammy. We spoke about Deloraine Cup and um, Froggy knew it went back. Um, it didn't have much joy. Newhart, uh, who was the favourite all, but it had to carry the 64 kilos, ran last. But I think Tommy Hackett tipped everyone into the winner take the sit in that race. And yeah. Cody Jordan, we were we were texting uh, on Sunday night. We spoke to uh, to Maddie Reed about her her dry spell at the moment. Six weeks, seven weeks. Well, no winners again. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Last Sunday for Cody Jordan. Um, so yeah, there's uh, it's it's quite a, a long period of time since she last rode one first past the post. But Siggy Carr didn't ride a winner either, so didn't need into the margin for. The jockey premiership. Yeah, the premiership uh, race is it is on, and uh, I tell you what, yeah, it would be coming. Uh, will be very frustrating for Cody. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But let's chat to our favourite uh, Jamie Cockshut, our main man in harness racing in Tassie. Jamie, how do we find you on this Friday morning? Yeah, pretty well, boys. Just sitting back, relaxing for a little bit, mate, before I. Decide to go outside in 38 degree heat, mate. <laughs> this Friday afternoon, should I say? Have we got a return flight booked yet, Jamie? Yeah, no, it's, it's been booked for a couple of weeks, Brownie. I come back on the 12th of July. We miss you. I've got another. I've, I've got a ticket. I've already booked a ticket to come back. So outstanding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, like to book a, a ticket one way business class is more or less the same. 
to bloody come back. So I thought I might as well book it to come back for an extra $200 just in case, you know, I'll come back sooner than later. <laughs> I like it. Now, your man, Mark Yole, who we had on uh, last week, he was good in the first race uh, with Chase and Frankie getting the money. Yeah, he got the job done. You know, it was pretty short in the end, boys, to be honest. But um, all you can do is win, and that's, and that's what she's done. And, um, yeah, she's got a bit of a future, Chase and Frankie, and um, I'm sure she'll win plenty of more races, you know, over the coming season. What about Earl Jujon at $151? You don't talk about it. I had a quadrilla last week. I left two horses out of that leg, and one of them was there with you, John, as you could just expect, because I gave it no chance. It was only three weeks ago I actually backed it. But, you know, I didn't give it much chance the other night. And, yeah, that's, that's racing, mate. You know, when they pop up $151 and you can find one, mate, you deserve all the credit you can get, because I'll tell you what, it's hard to find a winner like that, that's for sure. And your man, Ben, ben Yol, he, try, he bagged four winners. Yeah, yeah, no, he trained four winners, but like he should with the numbers he's got, Sammy. But, you know, he trained yeah. four, and, you know, to extend his own, I think he's about 120 in front of him, honestly, in the trainers' premiership. That's how far ahead he is of his closest rival. But, um, but yeah, it's just the way it is in Tassie at the moment. Ben's got huge numbers, and, you know, of course he's going to average, you know, he should average four to five winners a week, to be honest, boys. We've got harness racing tonight at uh, Launceston. Yeah, we've got harness racing tonight at Launceston and then on Sunday at Hobart. We'll start at Launceston. Um, it's a very tough meeting, to be honest. It's probably, yeah, nothing to really get enthused, enthused about. But the one I did think was the best car, best best bet on the card was race three, number 13, Boston Busker. Um, racing very well. Just a slight concern. There's been a driver change. Young Liam Old has been in the space for the meeting and he's a really good driver and uh, Malcolm Jones is jumping in the gig, but I'm pretty confident Malcolm can still get the job done on him. He'll come three wide of the 800, and I reckon he'll prove too strong for his rivals. Um, race four, number three, if, buts, and maybes. Gets back to the front row, and that's what he likes. As long as um, Mark Yow can hold him together early and just get up on speed, he's going to take a power of beating in race four. It should be around the 450 mark. And then we'll go across to race seven, number four, Tilly Assassin. Um, six horse field. Any of them can win, really. I just think Delhi Assassin might just sit behind the speed, sit 1-1 one, one and have the last crack at him, and, you know, he'll go pretty close to around the $5 mark. And the one that odds comes up, race six, number two, softly, softly. Trained by Robert Richards. Was spotted hitting the line very strongly last time at Launceston. Um, this is no hard. It gets a good draw, and I reckon give a bit of cheek around the um, 10 to $15 mark in race six, boys. Beautiful. I like that. What about for Hobart? Uh, what do you got there Sunday night? Yeah, well, I'm pretty keen on Hobart. There's three I like, and you know they're all going to be, um, you know, three to four dollars. Race three, number eight, better and more. Drawing inside the second line, but you know, Ricky Duggan will get the job done from inside the second line. And I just can see the two favourites up top, most perfect major and Isla Miss Lucy, putting a bit of speed into the race from the 800. And I reckon if Ricky can just camp him behind them. She looks a really good bet at the four fifty five dollar mark. Then we go across race five, number seven, the Shallows. He's just a really good horse. He comes off thirty metre handicap, so he's given his rivals twenty and thirty metres head start over the short distance, which is not easy to overcome, but I just think this horse can overcome it and um, I reckon he can win at the three fifty four dollar mark as well. 
And then we'll go over to race nine, number three, Arden Roanoke. Um, all he's got to do is run up to his recent form and he should be able to bully his way to the lead and get an all-the-way win at around the 350 mark. <coughs> the value runner comes up, race seven, number 10, Vigoroso. Been knocking on the door, just going to get it. Just going to get the right sort of run into the race, and I reckon he's a great bet at five or six dollars. And then we'll go to race two, number four. Remember me now. Um, he'll find the early lead, and what it'll come down to whether he gets an easy first half of the race. If he gets a 63 first half, I reckon he'll give plenty of cheek and you know around the ten or twelve dollar mark. And then we'll go a quality, mate. We're going to have two qualities. We'll go first leg seven one out the shallows, second leg ten and eleven. Third leg, 2, 4, 10, and 11. Last leg, 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10. $48 to give you 100% of the dividend. Then we're going to have a bit of insurance just in the first leg, just in case the shallows get rolled. Number five, Racketeers Boy. Second leg, 10, and 11. Third leg, 2, 4, 10, and 11. Last leg, 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10. Um, $24 to give us 50% of the dividend. Right, oh well, there's a couple of good omen bets there for uh, the dog, the shallows at Hobart and Lonnie Boston Baker. Yeah, Busker. Boston's, Boston's the name Boston. of my uh, <laughs> my son, so I'll be all over Boston uh, Busker. Go the Busker. Yeah, no, he, he he's definitely you know he's he's flying that horse. It's just you know Barry Thirteen. Um, you know Malcolm Malcolm's a, a good young driver, but I think Mal's probably ways. Oh, I don't know how, what he weighs, to be honest, but young Lee Mulder's probably 50 kilos. The mouths have got a few extra pounds on him, like myself. But he should still get the job done, mate. He'll come three wide at 800. I reckon he'll still be too good. Like myself as well, Jamie, although not Sammy, because he's shredding and he's back doing some track riding. So uh, oh, he's in magnificent not, form at the minute. Yeah, I, I, he must have listened a couple of weeks ago when I said he'd be making a comeback. <laughs> I tell you, honestly, under the radar, mate. I tell you what, uh, the the legs are suffering, Jamie. The legs are suffering. The whole body's suffering, should I say? It's, uh, I've been in enormous pain. What about when you got to sit on the throne? Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable when you lower yourself. <laughs> dead set, horrendous. Now we've got Carl Pratton oh, on the line, the hardest racing driver over there. We'll let you take it away, Jamie. How you going there, Kyle? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Hey, <coughs> sorry, mate. Uh, good to get John finally, mate. You know, we haven't had John since I've been doing this show, but you've got a few drives tonight, so I thought we'll get you on and go for all. Race one, number 10, yep. got the goods. He's a very consistent type. Showed a return to form last week, and, you know, this is a race that he's, you know, got to be an each-way chance in. Yeah, yeah, I think he... Um I think he's going to get a probably even a similar run like he did last week. He'll he'll get it get it pretty easy from the second draw there, and if he gets a bit of luck over the last four hundred, he he should finish off just as good as he did last week. So he, he wasn't he wasn't far away from them horses from winning that race. So he's, yeah, he's um he, he's a nice horse. Then we'll go to race two. This is one that I'll, I'll give a sneaky chance to number three, Ultimate Me. Um, he'd be 20, 20 to one around the twenty to one mark, and Produces his best, has got a legitimate each way chance at those sort of odds. Yeah, he's lucky. he has shown um, a good a good um, bit of gate speed previously, and and he's shown not long ago that if he's in front, he's actually quite dangerous. So we'll um, 
do a bit more of the tactics on it, but like, yeah, he's, he's got to be a, a fair chance. I, I think he could find the fence from there, and whether or not he's behind the leader or self, he'll, he'll be in a good spot. Then we'll go to race three, uh, race five, number three, Southshore. First up in the state for Ben. Um, brings pretty handy form across from Victoria and gets a good barrier draw, so he's got to be one of your best chances of the night. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had a chance to sit down and um, and have a chat with Ben at what stage he's at. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't raced since January, um, and um, you know, so he's coming back from a bit of a spell, and I don't know too much about what what he was at before he got got to our stable. So uh, I have to have a sit down and have a chat and just see exactly how fit he is. And but he's um, as you said, he's not a he's not a bad little horse. He's shown some shown some good ability. Um, in Victoria before before he went for his spell, so you know, if he from his from his long break, he um thereabouts. We'll go to race six on number five, Brappers Ace. He's knocking on the door. Um, drawing five, I reckon you'll have to push forward and get outside the speed or even bully your way to the top. He'll give a great side around the five dollar mark. Yeah, yeah. Look, he um I trialed him. Last week, and he um, showed that he got the gate speed, and if he finds the front, he, he runs along real nice. He ran a good time there at Tarrick, um, and um, I think he's pretty. I think he's pretty on top. Yeah. And then we'll go across to the last round, number one, James Dean. You know, he's, he fobs up every now and then at big odds, and he's going to be decent odds again tonight. But he's drawn the pole in a pretty even race. So uh, if he produces something like his best, he'll give plenty of cheek from the pole. Yeah, he's, um, he's, I think he's been a bit inconsistent lately, so um, it, it, it'll, it'll be he's going to get a good run and uh, a small field, um, so if he, if he puts the best foot forward, he, he'll be there about, but you just sort of sometimes don't know which, which game's thing is going to show up on the day, so we'll just have to uh, wait and see, but he's going to get Yeah, so, so out of the five of them, mate, which one are we going to push the listeners into out there to have a few dollars on? Um, oh, look, I think I think got the good showed last week that if he gets that similar run again, he's going to be thereabouts. But, um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say Rafa's ace is probably the best chance. So. Uh, well, pleasure getting you on, mate. And, um I, I wish you all the best tonight, and hopefully you get it in the winner's circle. We've released a couple of them, especially got the Goodman and Rappers Ace, because I think they both got good each-way chances. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for the chat. There Thanks, is Carl. There is Carl Pratton with uh, Jamie Cockshut. Jamie, uh, well, what can I tip you into the weekend? I, I know I've been rusty form, but I'm going with one in the first race at the sunny coast, and it's called Badush. I think you can get it at about nine bucks this morning. But my only concern is how much rain we get. I mean, uh, they're predicting a lot of rain uh, today and tomorrow, so we'll see. It hasn't got great form on a heavy track, but that's what I'm going to leave you with, Badush. Have you got one, dog, for Jamie? Uh, yeah, I do. The last at Flemington, uh, which is race number nine, um, Cardinal Gem uh, got the job done on the weekend at Caulfield over the 1,400. Did it fairly comfortably. It's a Graham Begg horse that not much luck had gone its way, uh, this preparation. And I think up to the mile, um, 
Flemington, not much of a harder race. I'd be surprised if uh, if it doesn't go back to back. I think that's going to be one of my better bets. Cardinal Gem. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Cardinal Gem. He's a good trainer, Graham Beck. Very underrated and you know very astute. Yeah, it's good to see Carla Gem finally get the job done last week. Really, you know, I agree with you, mate. I reckon you can go back to back for sure. Beautiful, mate. Will you enjoy uh, your time up there? You've still got a, another uh, week and a half, two weeks. So um, get into them, Jamie. Get into it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, boys. Take care, mate. Have a good weekend. <laughs> On you, Jamie. There is Jamie Cockshop with all the harness racing news there from Tassie. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to have a chat to Mick Stringer, Greyhound trainer over there in Tassie. Live around Australia on SCN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. I'm, uh, we're going to have a chat to Mick Stringer here, who is on the line. G'day, Mick. Morning or oh, afternoon now. How are you? It is afternoon. Uh, we're yeah. in good form. We're in good form. I thought Isis Carmella was going to go under there at Mackay at $1.90, and that was going to make me feel sick. But it just got its head in front, so that, that was a good result. But it goes like that, doesn't it, Mick? That's how it goes. Just when you think you got them, they got you. <laughs> Mind you, Mick, with a strike rate of 40% uh, for 2022, mate, You're uh, most of the times you take them to the races they win. Yeah, I've had a, a, good, a good run this year. I've, I've sort of just got back into it, uh, you know, a bit more serious um, since, I, I, like, sort of the turn of the year. Yeah, um, and you know, I've always, always sort of trying uh, just have a quality. Not, I'm, I'm into quality, not quantity. And and uh, so, and I've been lucky that it's been quite a few nice little dogs come through. So, uh, you know, the strike rate's pretty good at the moment. What's the secret to, to make sure you know when they're absolutely cherry ripe um, before you you find a race for them? Oh, they'll let you know. Greyhounds will let you know. Um, you know, the, 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 by the times they're running, you know, they, they can, um, like that little dog, Manila Prince, before he won, he trolled um, pretty quick down here at Hobart. And every time I put him down, he, 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 uh, he improved a bit. So, uh, you know, they, they give you the signs. They, you, you can tell he sort out pretty quickly, uh, uh, you know, the week from the chart. <laughs> <laughs> and Mick, so what, what, what is, uh, how many dogs do you, do you have in the kennel and, and do you, do you keep it to a certain number? Yeah, I, I've got about, uh, nine in work at the moment and that's probably, uh, as many as I want to have these days, you know, I'm, um, you know, sort of, uh, no spring chicken anymore. But, but I used to have, um, when I was doing it properly five or six years ago, I used to have about, um, you know, anything from 15 to 20 in work, but probably yeah, probably uh, around that, you know, uh, six to nine marks, just nice. You can give them uh, full attention and, and uh, like I say, just uh, try and um, get hold of the ones that can uh, can run a bit, you know, and makes, makes life a bit easier, certainly. <laughs> And is that is that the reason why you sort of downsize a little bit, or or as you say, you you sort uh, of just dealing with a smaller number? No, uh, I went I went over to Melbourne a few years ago um, to look after Robbie Britton's place for him while, while he went to to America, yep. and then when I came back, I I got out of the dog, so I, I had uh, I've had three or four years sheep farming. I, I leased a prop, big property 
over here in Tassie and, and uh, ran a couple of thousand sheep. And, and then, yeah, I, I started rearing a few dogs here because you know, my property sort of set up and uh, the yards were there. And a few people asked me if I'd rear dogs for them. And, and with the farm, you know, I used to have um, a bit of mutton and uh, you know, a good good uh, meat supply. So I reared dogs on the side for, for, for you know, two or three years as well. And then... Uh, um, Jason uh, Thompson rang me and asked me if I'd take a, a little dog called Assassinate, and uh, I said yes, I wouldn't. And then, and I sort of from there I kicked off, uh, kicked off again. There's uh, a few others came through, and, and I actually got um, panel damage through Jason as well. So you got uh, the yeah, bug back. Got the, got, yeah, got the bug back. Well, you never ever lose the bug. Oh <laughs> yeah, I started when I was. You know, eighteen with dogs, and, and uh, unfortunately, in a way, I got a pretty good dog first up, a little dog called Painted Black, and won quite a few races with him, and so I sort of hooked, hooked after that. <laughs> do, do training methods sort of evolve? Were they were they pretty similar to when you you first started, and then you, you obviously had your time off? Um, was it like riding a bike, getting back into it, or had a few little things sort of changed, and you needed to tweak? No, I don't think things. Uh, well, in, certainly in my case, I still use the tra- same training methods that I've that I've uh, always used. You know, they they they, uh, they work, and so I stick to it. You know, and, uh, I just got a pretty uh, simple training regime, and, and uh, uh, you know, the rest takes care of itself. Slow times don't mean much, but fast times are hard to fabricate. So if you've got the the, the dogs and the stopwatch and they're hitting the times you want, uh, I suppose that makes life a bit easier. It certainly does, yeah. Yeah, no, it certainly does. The, uh, bit of wise I mean, dog coming out there, Mick. <laughs> hey, what? It's a bit, it's a bit, of, wise, bit of wise dog coming yeah. out there. The, the brown dog's out coming often. out with the wise calls. Yeah, yeah he's not bad. <laughs> I've taken you know, Sammy by surprise. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> hear it too often from me, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the old yeah. stopwatches now it's all, all electronic time, and you know you get your ticket. Uh, there's a machine print prints your ticket out. Um, the days of the stopwatch are uh, uh, just about gone. It's all you know electronic time, and now. Now you got Manila prints and panel damage. They run again on Tuesday at Hobart. Yeah, and um, Manila Emperor, uh, he's in the same race as uh, Panel Damage uh, on Tuesday, and Manila Sultan's in uh, the first race as well. And they should um, they should go well. They they're racing well, and uh, there's you know, there's plenty of upside to those Manila dogs. They uh, they haven't done really uh, you know sort of done a lot as as yet as, as far as starts go. You know they're, they're only. Uh, um, uh, green, green, you know, coming through. So uh, I'm expecting a bit of upside from them yet. Yes. Uh, which is which is your pick out, out of the, those horses going to Tuesday's meeting? Dogs, you mean, sir? Uh, well, yeah. panel damage. He, he, he's such a, a good beginner. He just, you know, he, he he's, I don't think he's missed the, the start from me yet, and uh, he just runs those quick early sectionals, and he's getting stronger by the day yet. He's just a good little dog, just a good little um, uh, trier, you know. He, he uh, He's a nice little dog. He should be leading that field on Tuesday. And, and all depends, I suppose. Em- Emperor was 
pretty impressive last night. He took ground off Prince up the straight, but I don't, I don't think he's ready to um, run over the top of panel damage just yet. But there's another little dog in the race called Broken Arrows that goes well. It's very well graded, drops back way back in grade on Tuesday. That I think panel damage and, and Lindor Prince, if I start him, he's in the last race. He, he uh, he's pretty smart taught. Mick, what can you do to make sure that the dogs do start well? Because um, I watch a fair bit and, you know, some are hit and miss. And um, obviously that yeah. significantly affects the chances of winning if they, they miss the kick. So is there something you can do to make sure that they do jump at least, you know, they don't need to explode out, but they're, they're sound away? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's any, anything you can do. Yep. I've uh, <laughs> broken in in a lot of dogs in my time and, and I break them in all the same and you finish up with you know, some brilliant beginners. I've had some brilliant beginners over the years and I've had some uh, you know, pretty ordinary beginners as well. I've got to say and, um, that beginners are, are born, not made. Yep. So, so yeah, it's, you see it, don't you? Like you see dogs that can begin and then you see dogs that are a bit tardy early but, but finish off. Yep. Um, like Aston, Aston Rue, please, a good example, like a brilliant dog, but, but uh, never ever sort of really pinged the lids, did he? Mm. What about so, that? Uh, um, did you see that dog the other day, uh, Loch Nain Serpent, uh, that come from, got up in between, I think it went in between them or got up the inside, it, but it was never going to mm. win. And then you're just like, geez, look at this. Like, its will to win was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, some of them, uh, they love their race, and all greyhounds love race. Love their race, and they they get excited when you you know you, you load them up and take them down to the track, and they they just love the buzz. They they, they get the adrenaline adrenaline going just the same as you and all you know when we're playing football or or any sport or whatever. And um, there's uh, yeah, no, there's some dogs that finish it off strong. You know, mightn't have the pace early to, to go with the, the the likes of panel damage dogs like that, but uh, you know, their, their, their last section was their best, and, and uh, what you just, you know, um, picked up there. If, uh, I, was they, a, you know, if I was a dog, Mick, I'd uh, lose a lot of races by trying to attack and bite the dogs coming um, around me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I tell you what, you would do, brown dog. You'd lick the bowl just like you licked it. I can see you. I can see you on the jitsy here, and you dead set lick the bowl then. <laughs> <laughs> you like Good on you, Mick. Like uh, I like a fan. Yeah, absolutely. He does. Best of luck. Best of luck. Uh, best of luck with those dogs uh, going forward. And uh, good to chat to you. No worries, fellas. Have a good day. Go on, you, Mick. There is Mick Stringer. Let's head to the news. Live around Australia on SEN Track. You're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. You are listening to Taz Racing Talk and Devonport. We're going back to the Tapita on Sunday for the Gallops and uh, be good to get back there. The second at Portsy is taking out the first race at Geelong. Dog normally wins the first at Portsy, don't you, Dog? <laughs> but I'm pretty sure a few of the Hawks boys are in that with Danny O'Brien. Um, so they're having a bit of luck, that that crew of Shields and Gunston and Roughhead and a few of them. They've, they won the, the Group 1. Um about six, seven weeks ago, and, yeah, might need to start getting in their syndicate, Sammy. Yeah, sounds good. Now, one man who's in hot form at the moment, or has been uh, this season, that is Glenn Stevenson. Glenn, welcome 
to Taz Racing Talk. Good day, uh, Campbell. Good day, Sam. How are you? Yeah, going well, oh, Glennie. Uh, reward achieved. You would have been happy with that result last Sunday, mate. Won, won pretty well. Yeah, look, uh, I had three in the race, and uh, she was sort of always going to get the the best sort of spot, and we decided to give uh, Tavi Splash sort of didn't want her running through the bridle because she didn't want to get out of the ground. So uh, it was a good result. Yep. Now, it's been a good season for you, Glenn. Uh, you're in the battle for uh, running third on the Premiership with Barry Campbell behind Scott Brunton and Adam Trinder, but uh, things are going well. Yeah, no, look, we've had a we've had a pretty good year. Um, as I said, we always try and keep our strike rate up around 15, 16. Um, you've got to sort of you've got to be doing that if you, you sort of get down under the 10s or you, you're not making any money because you don't make it out of training fees, that's for sure. Now, what about your jockey, uh, Cody Jordan? Is she ready to strike? <laughs> uh, yeah, Jordo's had a few. Look, she, uh, about three weeks ago at Devonport, uh, she had a bad day. She um, she rode a bit ordinary, but uh, I actually, Hobart meeting in the last Launceston meeting, I thought she's back on track. So uh, I, I dare say if we can knock one over... Sunday, we'll uh, we'll get back on a bit of a bit of a roll. Just need one, just need one winner to, to turn it around, Sammy. All athletes go through rough patches. I never mm. did, but I'm I'm sure that <laughs> most others did. <laughs> you lunatic. <laughs> so, Misralu in in race three, drawn a good gate. Can he do it? Uh, King Islander. Uh, it doesn't actually, for some reason, in racing. Riser, it doesn't say that it was been in King Island and had barrier at uh, actually come out with no jockey in the gates, but uh, it had a bit of a stink there. And look, it's coming along nice. Um, at the end of the day, it's drawn a good gate, it's, it'll be there about the mark, I reckon. You've got Namabal in uh, the next, uh, who has been a winner at Devonport, yeah, another, another boy that played up the gates last. Last start, um, we had to give him a bit of a freshen up, but uh, he's done everything right in the gates lately. Uh, sh- he should be hard to beat. Lord Whitegate, uh, who uh, was okay earlier, earlier on, uh, uh, but yeah, can can earlier in the year uh, racing well. The last couple have been a little bit plain. Yeah, we we actually he goes right on the back up, and um, he. We didn't think that track would suit him last week. Um, just waiting on his bloods to come back. So if his bloods uh, come back all right, he'll uh, he'll go around. He'll be a, he'll be a good chance. He'll be better back on the tapita and and the uh, he's actually a nice horse. He just uh, he's just got to learn to travel a bit better through his races. But uh, just don't take me you notice know, of his last run. Two runners in race eight. Lesnar from gate one. Oh. The old grey, um, look, they'll be a bit nippy for him. He'll just improve. He sort of needs to get probably to a 1,400. But, look, he, he can run a cheeky race fresh. He trialled well Tuesday. Uh, he probably wants more ground. And the other one, Ubriaco, nice horse. Um, he's got to go around because there's no races for him. So it'll be too short for him. I don't He can't win. But there's no trials, 1,350 trials or anything like that for him. So... We've got to use this sort of stepping stone. I'd be backing him next up. And rising, rising, Xiang. Uh, it's got a bit of speed about it. Can put itself thereabouts. 
Yeah, it's another one that, that that's up in the weights. Um, we we're going to try and lead. It actually was up in grade and led, and actually ran and only got a boot in the length in a higher grade. I actually think he's took a bit to get fit this this prep, and uh, I expect him to run a cheeky race. Right. Oh, so if you had to, uh, if you had to have the house on one out of all those, which one would you tip us into? I'd probably, I'd go Nemabal. Uh, yeah. And uh, have a bit on the uh, ex King Islander each way. Or the other one. Beautiful. Just hope, hopefully, hopefully uh, behaves in the barriers. It, it was the one that was a bit sticky in the gates, is it? Yeah, they both, they both are. But at, at my salute, it's it's had a few issues. But we've tried it twice, and it's actually touch wood. It's been good as gold. So hopefully, it gets to the race race day and uh, behaves itself. All right. Well, best of luck there, Glenn. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, hopefully he can rack a few up and, and Cody can get one on the board. We'll be watching closely because the dog was straight on the phone to me on Sunday. He said, yeah, I, I think and you followed in on, on the weekend, dog. You backed a few on Sunday, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, but I spoke to Cody Hobart a couple of weeks ago and she was saying how she's in a rough rough patch, but she'll be coming out of it shortly and um, a couple of race meets have gone by since, so... Fingers crossed for, for Cody. She can uh, she can get on the board early. Yeah, the same thing happened last year. Same time going to win the uh, apprenticeship and same thing happened. So we just hope that uh, it all turns around this week. Good luck, mate. Yeah. All the best. best. Thanks for uh, having a chat to us. No worries, boys. Have a good weekend. You too. There's Glenn Stevenson. He's got some nice runners uh, for Devonport on Sunday. Let's get a break out of the way. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. It's Taz Racing Talk on a Friday afternoon, 12 to 1, and then trackside begins. But before we get to that, we've got to get the tips off Reedy. Matt Reed, who's been tipping up a storm of late, has done the how to look at these races for... Devonport on Sunday, and Matt, I'm just going to throw one at you. Race three, number four, Lacerate for Rowan Hamer. Surely it gets the money in this race. Oh, I might have to take you on there, I reckon, Sammy. Um, yeah, look, it, it, find, it finds another winnable race. It, it didn't have a lot of luck last start from a, a sticky alley, sort of crossed and tried to race on the speed and, and did a bit of work and got picked off by one from the Barry Campbell stable. I just worry sort of getting into the, oh, not the latter stages, but start five for the preparation maybe there isn't a heap of improvement to come. I think they're pretty handy first starter there from um, Belair and Gaffney's stable, Barbie's Achiever. Comes off a really nice trial. And uh, I had both ears wide open there for what Steve-O had to say about my Sir Lou down the bottom. Um, he's managed to get newcomers to his stables running pretty well. So not saying Lacerate can't win, Sammy, but probably going to come up a little bit short for, for my liking. Were you happy with what he had to say about uh, Surrey Lou? Because he said uh, probably second best chance behind Nam and Bali. Yeah, he sort of got one of those um, one of those teams on Sunday, I'd say, Steve O'Brownie. He, um, Nam and Bali looks like it looks like it'll win. Um, I know it wasn't 
a great day for stable punters when it was scratched from the gates a little bit over, uh, I think it was about six weeks ago. I think the boys all had their money down and kicked off in the stalls and they had to back it up. So I think they're <laughs> expecting a, a result there on, on uh, Sunday with Namabal. And I think he's got a hostage chances sort of outside that one. My Salou and each way pop, even Rising Sangers. I was interested in what Steve-O said about going to the front with it. It looks a race without a, a stack of speed. So, um, yeah, I think Namabali and then some each way hopes outside of it. See you, Brad. Uh, my Salou, Mr. J.B. Cummings. All right. Yeah, what about that? <laughs> there you go. Famous <laughs> name. Uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if he bred it, Sammy, with ambitions that it would end up in King Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's with, right. No disrespect to the no disrespect to the racing there, but it's probably uh, the prize money's not not outstanding. I've got a question for you here, Brownie. I don't know if you've seen what time race one is on Sunday, but what sort of nick are you normally in at 10.20 on Sunday? We've got our heads on straight for race one. You, you want to have a betting plan going into that time, don't you? Yeah, well, you would. Usually I'd be uh, a little bit dusty, but um, I reckon I'll be all right. I've, I've got to cover the Hawks and GWS game for seven uh, up in Sydney on Sunday. So uh, it's fair to say that I won't be having too big a night. Okay, I look forward yourself. to seeing you. Uh, you'd be boundary sided. You have to have a shave and a suit for the Channel Seven coverage. Well, they imagine. like you to have a shave, uh, but I won't. <laughs> and they like you to wear a suit, and I reckon I might just wear a big jacket. <laughs> rogue, rogue boundary they rider. They know what they're getting with you, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, they should by now. <laughs> so, best bets, uh, Matt, for Sunday's meeting. Really like this program in Devonport on, on Sunday, Sammy. I do think it might be a day where the form can shoot pretty straight. There's a few favourites that I think pick themselves. First one I landed on in, in race two, number three, um, Muscle Up from the Adam Trinder stable. He only, he's been pretty quiet, Adam Trinder. He only had 11 runners for the entire month of June. He's got that number at this meeting alone in Devonport. He saddles up three of the five here in this two-year-old race. I thought Muscle Up was a... A really good debut in a in a strong two-year-old race. Uh, this horse is the only one of Adam's three runners, which is Tazbred eligible. That essentially means a, a $20,000 bonus will come through along with the prize money for this race if Muscle Up is successful. I think it's clearly the pick of his runners. Uh, I was talking to a mate about this race and, and what prices might go up. I've actually marked muscle up in the red, in the red, and my mate thought we might get as much as four dollars. I can tell you, if they put up four dollars about this, I could not hit the bet button quick enough. Mm. Um, muscle up my the bet or the first of, of my specials, and then we go to race six. I think we got a result. I might have given this one to you guys when it won first up in the state. Mon Cheval. Leon, Leon Gaffney and Siggy Carr, this pair have got a, a lot of strong chances in Devonport on Sunday. Uh, Montreval just brained them first up in the state. Didn't beat a hell of a lot, but one for fun. The margin was a little bit over uh, four lengths and probably could have been a little bit more. Uh, inside gate, went to the front last time, and I think uh, that Montreval will do it again. And probably uh, repeat the dose. Although there's a bit of an unknown runner here in, in the toppy, Master Sun, which was scratched last Sunday from the race won by Fairy Magic in impressive fashion at Launceth. The Master Sun had a couple of starts with Paddy Pone in Victoria, now with um, Mark Gannadon and his nephew Daniel will be riding there. So I'm interested to see what the market does about the toppy, but 
I think Montreal will be winning again. Yeah, I think uh, I saw that. Uh, I don't know. I tipped it somewhere, that Master Son. I wondered uh, what was going on there. But uh, he he's uh, he's sent a few over there to Tassie, hasn't he, uh, Paddy Payne? Yeah, well, he's had, a, he's had a lot of success down here. I mean, uh, what do we go back to last year? He won the Hobart Cup with WT. I think he's got a pretty good understanding of our racing and the type of horses um, that, it, that it takes to win races down here. So... I found it interesting that so early in the Master Sun's career that he has found his way to Tassie. I, I think there's probably a little bit more to the story than the most tried horses down here. I mean, he's just come off a, a, a maiden win at, at Casterton and it certainly didn't set the world a lot, but, I mean, they've given up reasonably early on his Victorian career to send him down here. So not sure what the circumstances were, but interesting to see how he goes. Yeah, that's where it was. I, I uh, saw, saw him win at Castadon. I think I worked that day. Is uh, So your best value for the day? Yeah, I've got one of the little bit of value in race seven, which I think is a pretty open class three handicap. I've gone with Gigi Baywatch, uh, the six here. Doesn't win out of turn, 34 starts, three wins, 15 minor placings. Uh, was in Hobart the day that um, Brownie was down here on the 19th of June. And Nev's boy put all kinds of value into the, the early or into the quaddy that day. Um, Brownie, I remember your mate Stevie Baker, he was up and about. He had the field <laughs> in the first leg of the quaddy, but I think he got uh, knocked out in the following leg. Uh, GG Baywatch finished in on the hard up on the inside there that day. It sort of the rail was chopping out, carried 60 and a half kilos, drops all the way down to 53 here, yet to miss a drum in six starts at the Devonport 11.50. And like I said, it doesn't win out of turn, but I can entertain him on sort of a one-by-three proposition. Wouldn't surprise me if we get double figures about GG Baywatch. So it's race seven, number six. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Along, We're in the final hundred, dog, and that is us done and done. Great show. Before. Taz Racing Talk. We've got a big 10 race card there at the Gallops at Devonport on Sunday. So don't miss that. Okay. We are warming up, ready for trackside this afternoon, this Friday afternoon. Hopefully we're going to have some winners ahead of us. Uh, looking forward to it. We'll uh, start the show with a chat to with Lee Dalton from Palmerbet. Find out what the market movers are for today. And then we'll get into it. Winners. Winners. 